our topic right now. So, so I'd, I'd like to start a new, a new topic, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about um, the idea of shavos. Now, I want to go through this. So, this is gonna be the very last section in two fifty six five. Sorry, two seventy six five. Um, otherwise known as Zundel. Um, two, 276.5, if you scroll down in the source sheet, it's towards the bottom. It's Shulchan Aruch Arachayim 276.5, Ayin Reish Vav Hey. Okay? I have trouble Notice, seeing this thing. Does anybody else have this trouble? Why, I, I'm, yeah, it's not loading at all for me. It's not yeah. loading? It's yeah, not I agree. For me. I was going to see if I could pull it up on my phone, but I don't know. Safari is having a hard time today. Yes, so far, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like there's a little bit of text coming and it's blank. Okay, lovely. So I'm going to do something yeah. else. I'll just, I'll just share, okay? Share it, yes. All right. The, da- the dangers of technology. Yes, it is. Okay. New, where is this? Sharing. Share screen. All right, guys. Just don't look at any of my other tabs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, so if you look over here, right, we're... we're Whereby Ayn Reish Vav said, "Hey, this is a very, very important halacha. The Artsos Karos in cold climates, Mutter Laakum Laasais Madura Veshvil Haktanim. It is permissible for a non-Jew to make a fire to warm children. Umutarim Hagidaylim Lehischamim Bay, and it's permissible for adults to warm themselves against this fire as well." And even to make it for adults, it's permissible if it's very cold. Why? Everybody's considered to be a chola, meaning everyone's considered to be susceptible to illness with regards to cold. And not like those people who are uh, a little bit shady and and they and, and they are lenient even in a situation when it's not really that cold. Now, um, the the so so what is what is this halacha? Now, this halacha is saying that there's an idea of of hakol and this means that when it comes to coldness, you are we, we, you're considered to be a chola, and for a chola, as we said. It is mutter to, to transgress a shvus, right? A shvus means a rabbinic commandment for a chole, afilu she'ein sakana, even if he does not, you know, even, even if there's no imminent threat, right? Now, the question is, is that, first of all, these boundaries, these bounds, again, and this is a common problem that plagues us over here in halacha, is that what exactly defines kar and kar gadol, right? Mm-hmm. What defines cold and very cold, right? Especially because this is a very relative thing, right? If you're ever stuck with people in the room, right, you know that there are those that are hot and those that are cold and those that just hate everybody. Now, the, the, so that is a, a, a very important question. How do we define and how, you know, how, how, uh, how objective or subjective is this criteria? So let me tell you actually a story. Like we had yeah. this issue. I don't know how long long ago this was. There was a hurricane, which was essentially during winter, and we were out of 
power for a long time and we had our 90 year old grandmother Lily's she was almost a hundred she was wow. living with us and the power was out for for a week oh and I, remember, I remember this story was I a rabbi or was a previous rabbi no 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 this was Robert Lipschitz and then yeah. and then Lily actually found it because, because Shabbat was coming up and it was like 60 degrees in the house even if we we heat it with fire yeah and then Shabbat came up and, and, you know, you have to put more firewood on there, right? And then Rabbi Lipschitz suggested that we make a circle of wood that, that would burn slowly through, which would burn down the house essentially. Because <laughs> and then Lily just said, you know, <laughs> we can't let our, her, her mother die and then we just put wood in. No, no, but I'm so, but, 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 right, was there, but this would there, apply, right? That, that would essentially. No, 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 I mean, so, no, putting wood yourself requires a much higher level. Oh, I see. That requires real danger to life. I mean, that you'll have to be able to make a judgment call that this is really life threatening. Just like 90. Uh, what we're talking about over here is where you want to ask a non Jew to do it. I right? see. So you call your non Jewish neighbor, could you stop by, uh, calling? It would also be a problem. But you uh, uh, shout out to your non Jewish neighbor. Uh, would you be, you know, would you like to uh, stop by and uh, stop by? You please come in and put coal in the fire. Now, this is just rabbinic, right? So can't you do it for sick? You just said. Well, with the phone call, no. So the phone call again. Phone call, by the way, is not necessarily clear. It's rabbinic. It has to do with two with two issues, right? The first question over there is, well, we have to talk about electricity, which is a wide debate and could be very relevant as we're going to see in a second over here as well, how we understand electricity, because um, as we're going to see, there's a, there's a distinction between what's called a shvus and a shvus de shvus, as we're going to see in a second what that means. I'm not translating it yet. But here um, we would set it up before Shabbat, right? Yeah, would, I'm just, I'm just really getting a kick out of how much Jacob is enjoying his own webcam. <laughs> 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 now, the, the, uh, the, uh, which is good. It's good. I'm happy you're enjoying it. Um, the, the, uh, the, so the so the so the first distinction we have to make is is with with calling is has to do with that. Then there's all sorts of questions about making images appear on the screen and everything. I don't want to go down that that rabbit hole. Um, but theoretically, yes, it would also be rabbinic. The bar for rabbinic is high, meaning it's not as high as biblical, but it has to be a a uh, kind of real chola, somebody who's not in danger of life but genuinely sick. Now. Um, we also, if you if you remember, right, um, we also, we, we had the Bala Itter, right? The Bala Itter, right, he was talking about in context of doing the mitzvah, he said that you are allowed to ask a non-Jew to turn on a light if you need it for the Shabbos dinner, right? Because there's a mitzvah to eat a meal on Shabbos. And even though the Magen Avram and many people said that we don't follow, you know, that opinion, but the Ramah said that, and the Mishnah Baruch Paskin list, that a Makam Sarech Gadol, in a case where you have great need, you can rely. So, you know, you know, if you can't really stay in the house and you can't function in the house because it's cold, right? So that's part of the mitzvah of uh, Onik Shabbos. And therefore, you are allowed to be mekel. Now, we're going to see this is also very relevant, and I don't want to get into this now, but we're going to talk about it later when we talk about shvos, benashmashos. This is very relevant to people um, who have an Agashtin sense of timing and get stuck on the highway you know, after Shabbos starts, right, especially when they have progeny in the car, 
um, what they are or not allowed to do. At- that situation you let the kids drive, right? Yes, exactly. I was thinking. This did, did, did you not hear about that story on the George Washington Bridge? That, that the kids this drive. Eight-year-old boy driving a minivan and a father davening in the back. No, you didn't hear. At least I am not confessing that that happened. Um, but 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 Shabbos Hanukkah about a year ago, um, we were we we made an ill-fated attempt to visit family. This was this was one of the reasons why I was ill-fated. And you know, being that we were Agersteins, we decided that obviously if our winter Shabbos starts at four, we can leave at two from Stony Brook and be fine, because because we are a realistic brood. And um, at you know, there was a parking lot on the George Washington Bridge. And we see the sun, which sets really fast on Arab Shabbos. Like you can literally see the sun just dropping like a rock. And um, you, you, uh, and 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 we and we noticed that 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 we know we're going to be stuck there Arab Shabbos. And this was a very very big problem. And therefore, we since we could not, we had to pull over to the first place where we would be allowed to stop safely. And then we were only allowed to use the Rabbanon. So we, so right before Shabbos, right, it was still, it was very, Shabbos already started. But thankfully, my children know how to use the phone. And we're going to talk about Amir Lakatan, Ben Hashmashos or whatever. And they called an Uber for us. And then I did not realize until that point how many Chil Shabbos issues there are um, with an Uber. But thankfully, the, our Uber driver was a very religious Muslim. So he was extremely sympathetic. And I explained to him all the different all the different aspects, and he opened the door for me. He did this for me. He carried in the bags. He was he was he was he was a godsend, um, or Allah send, whatever, however you want to phrase the story. And he, he was amazing, just amazing. And it, it was a bracha because had I gotten anybody else, it would have been very challenging. But he really like, you know, he paid himself whatever. He gave himself a tip. I mean, I, I told him how much. I'm kidding. Yeah? He's like he's like what 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 uh, rating should I give myself? I said, are you, are you really asking me <laughs> this question? Um, but, but, you know. Honest. No, he's honest. He's a, he was a really honest guy. He was an amazing guy. Um, I gave him a very high uh, uh, review, and I gave him an extra tip after Shabbos. But, um, so, so this happens. Now we're going to see what happens. Now, but practically speaking, right, so we're talking about over here, you have a case of the Kargadal, and you want to know what you're allowed to do. So the, the, the Bagin Abram and the, and the, and the Shulchanar, we're going to see the Bagin Abram in a second, right? What they are very concerned about is that what you need, the level that you need for children is less because children are considered to be becheskas chola. Since children, especially back in the good old days when child mortality was what it was, right? There was a real risk for, for kids and even these days, right? So when it comes to cold, we're very lenient. To ask a non-Jew to come and turn on the heater and all these things. Now, it's important to, to, to notice that a heater is real Chil Shabbos, right? Because whether it's boiling up water, it's turning on a furnace, right? A, a heater is much more problematic than an air conditioner, as we're going to see. Now, the first question we have to ask when we look at the Shulchan Aruch is that the Shulchan Aruch talks specifically about the question of um, benefiting from benefiting from Melech Shabbos, right? Are we, is somebody, is somebody allowed to benefit from it? However, it doesn't really talk about, it doesn't talk about a different question, which is, are you allowed to ask him directly? Now, 
we don't really we don't really see a reason to have a major distinction between the two, but it's important for us to point this out because it may not be obvious that they're necessarily identical. Okay. Now, okay. So he says, right? Because I call I Mr. Brewer brings down over here Lasos Madura, and this is also true to uh, ignite or to you know light a winter oven. Now the Beisachoref, you know, in those days, the, you know, in Russian it was called uh, the Pechka, right? Pechka, where people would, you know, there's always the, the Russian stories, the grandfather or the people who are sleeping on top on top of the of the of the Pechka. And um, I was just about to ask if this is uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's what it is. It's just that's like a large oven that's used for heating the home. You know, people used to sleep on top of it because it was the warmest place in the house. And you know, there's all sorts of Russian fables, like including the famous one with the grandfather who's on top of the. Uh, Rabbi, remind me: is there actually a difference between halachically between asking a gentile before Shabbat or yes? Shabbat? So we're gonna see about that. There's so it right. We're, I, I, we 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 talked about this. That there are two issues when it comes to asking, and we're gonna have to explore this a little bit later when we get to hinting in a minute, right? That there is there are there there there's a difference between ask. You know, there's, right, there's one problem of what's called vidaber davar, which is talking about the secretion of Shabbos on Shabbos, and there's another problem of proxy, right? Of shliach. So we mentioned that. Asking him before Shabbos gets rid of the issue of Vedavar uh, Davar, but it doesn't help you with the issue of proxy. So when proxy is a problem, it's a problem, but, you know, at least you avoid the other problem. So, you know, that's, that's something which... Well, which we we've talked about non-Jewish, I mean, non-Jewish help that is so, con I mean, that is so used to, you know, the life during Shabbat that they essentially know what to do without actually being asked, right? Yeah, so there's a discussion about educating them, like giving a, you know, Shabbos guy course, right? And, you know, about doing that. And we're, and, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later when we get to Rumiza. I'm saving it for, for we're going to get to Simon Shinzayan, which is a little bit later, and that really focuses on issues of speech on Shabbos. Should okay. I get Olaf to join that class? <laughs> I was thinking about our, our okay. I was thinking yeah. about our situation, right? That we had with the with the hurricane. So, so I, I mean, we could have gone to the neighbor before Shabbat and said, you know, if it gets really cold, could you? But but then that that's asking too. If there's no difference between asking before and during Shabbat when it's really critical, then yeah, so 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 let, so I want to hold off on that conversation yeah. until we get to more. But yes, it's a it's a good question. Okay. So the Magen Avram over here, he says as follows: He says, "I feel Even if you didn't ask him, but he did it because he's just trying to help you, you have to protest." Yeah, but it seems that while this was halakhically an issue, right? We see this in Magen Avram from time to time. The masses of the Jewish people violated, <laughs> violated this. And it seems that it was unfortunately common practice. And the Magen Abraham is trying to understand where people are coming from, right? He doesn't just want to say people are doing everything wrong. He wants to try to find, it's called a, a uh, He wants to find some sort of possible leniency, why people are mistaken and relying on it. And we saw it similar when he was talking about the leniency of the Balayetra as well. So he says, 
or Haggai's Mordechai. I think it's Haggai's Maimini. That it's possible that the world is relying on the Haggai's Maimini. Shekasav she'afilu b'mitzta'er sharishvos. That there's an opinion of the Haggai's Maimini that even if you are simply uncomfortable, shvos, meaning violating a derabanan, is permitted on Shabbos. Right, like we're gonna like, like they are gonna bring in Simon Chifchavches about Mitzdar. Now we're gonna go look at that later because it's actually not that clear what he's talking about up there. Avol b'Simon Shinzai and Sifhei, which we're gonna see soon. Pasak lahachmir, we our we follow the opinion that we have to be stringent on this and we do not allow a shvos v'davka shvos to shvos shari. Now, a shvos to shvos means a double derabanan. So what's an example? An example would be, an easy example, let's say asking a non-Jew to carry something for you, not in a public domain, right? So we talked about that there are three different types of domains. There's public and there's private, and then there's this kind of in-between domain we call a carmelist, which is only prohibited rabbinically. So asking for a non-Jew to carry something for you in a carmelist is a shvos to shvos, right? Private are, domain biblical? What? Is private domain biblical? Private domain and public domain are both biblical, yeah. So if you carry from a public domain into a private domain, you biblically transgress Shabbos. If you carry four cubits in a public domain, you biblically transgress Shabbos. If you carry four cubits in a Carmelist, an example of Carmelist would be, if let's say we didn't have a Erev, right, carrying on Christian or carrying anywhere else, would be a Carmelist because it's not a public domain in the sense it doesn't have the necessary volume of, of, of traffic to constitute a public domain. And it's not considered to be a private domain because it's not private. I mean, since Carmelist is uh, rabbinic, what biblical purpose does it say to, does it serve to say that you have a private domain? Like wouldn't biblically just say, um, don't carry publicly? Okay, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, The answer I can think of offhand, and I don't think this is a full answer. The answer I can think of offhand is that it's likely that you're right, and the only thing we the that's biblically defined in the context of carrying on Shabbos is a public domain. But private domains are defined with regards to other things. So, with regards to acquisition, with regards to to other to other areas of Jewish law, there is a necessity to define a, a, a private domain. However. I, I don't know, and it could be that, that you're right, that in the context of Shabbos, there's only a necessity to define public domain. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into it and get back to you. The, 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 that's a good point. Okay. So he says like this, It's only permissible in the case of Shvost Shvost. And even so, he is Haru Shalom Yomar Lo Shabbos. You should not tell him on Shabbos, Lehasik Olasos Melacha. You should not tell him on Shabbos to light the fire or to do the work. So he says, right, that there, are, that there was another possibility, right, that, um, that, that, right, that the person did it in a case that there was a situation where the guy was hired to do it uh, the whole year, and then therefore, in such a case, you don't have to leave your home, even though, you know, even though he did it for your sake. But 
The important line is over here. He says, even though we allow a shvus to shvus, right? Afa pikein, you should be careful not to tell the person on Shabbos, right? Lehasek olasos molacha. So here's where Helmut's point from earlier comes into play, is that if you are worried about it becoming cold, right, or you're in a case of a shvus to shvus, you should tell the person before Shabbos if you can. Because this way you avoid the problem of and you and you minimize your your problem. Okay? Um, now, I'm going to share one, one more thing. I'm just not sure why that Mishnah Brewer didn't load, but I want to look look at the rest of the Mishnah Brewer. Mishnah Brewer says, is, is this screen shared now? Do you guys see it? We see okay. it, yeah. So it says, mutarim hagdolim, ratzalomar da'kivan da'ekar nasa bishvil haktanim v'kanal b'sif aleph, avol nasa bishvil shneim v'yachar paisek ha'shokhanarach l'kaman b'sim en'shech ha'feid So if it was made for the, the, the children, the adults are allowed to benefit. However, if it was done for both of them, as we're going to see later, then it is forbidden. But what it means forbidden is only for the adults. I mean, for the children, it's obviously permissible. But for the adults, it's going to be forbidden if it's done for both of them. Are we still talking about heat? We're talking about cold. We haven't talked, I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what, are the adults mean, supposed to like leave the house or something? No, no, no. So if it's done for the, no, so they have to, they have to protest. They have to tell the guy, don't do it for us. Do it for the children, yeah? Okay. But you're in the same room or in the same house. I understand. So you can benefit from them, but you should tell them that he should not be doing it for you. And if so you it matters know, his intent? His intent, yes, very much so. Yeah. Okay. Then it says, Sha'akol chaylim, everyone is sick. Umikomakayim lehasek achar mincha v'shabes, to light a fire after mincha on Shabbos, that you should have the fire for Maitre Shabbos, meaning you don't need the heat now, you need the heat after Shabbos. Okay, uh, one of the Ketanim is coming here, so. Okay. Uh, here's our brother Shayal, who's going to join our class. Is that the designated driver? Yeah, that's the designated driver. And he's also here to make sure that we're not makel on anything, and we're very machmer because he's a chazanishnik. A Chazanish Jew who's very stringent about these things. Um, okay. How is this uh, bedtime later than the other kids? <laughs> because it doesn't exist. <laughs> That's why. Um, you know, he's a, he, he, he lives life to the fullest. Parties all night. Um, Shaq, so he says like this. Everyone is sick. So again, right? To, to, so, so to light the fire after Mincha on Shabbos, that it should be available on Major Shabbos. Osir is forbidden. Right? Because you I mean the, the case is that the oven was obviously already heated up in the morning, right? And you want to then relight it in the afternoon so it should be warm later. Even though it's already kind of cooling down, So even though the heat is now winding down, it still has enough residual heat that people are not considered to be cholim. Okay, so now we're going to 
And then he says an important line, And obviously, everything depends on the level of cold and uh, how good your oven is. Okay? But basically, right, as long as it's not very cold, or, you know, this is something which could wait, even if you're, you know, a little bit uncomfortable, you cannot ask. It's specifically talking about where you're freezing, you're really concerned of getting sick, and then there's, there's, there are real issues. Okay, Eitzel Akar. V'tzarech leheichen mi yom ha-pechamim. You have to prepare the, the, the coals and the charcoal. Sheyehei mezumanim v'shabes lefnei ha-ene Yehudi. Right? Because you have to ensure that they are ready and prepared for the non-Jew. Ki asr li-Yisrael le-taltuam v'shabes u-lehachinam lefanav. Because it is forbidden for, for the Jew to carry them on Arab Shabbos and to place them in front of them. So basically, you have to have the firewood prepped. Now, the non-Jew can theoretically go get the firewood. But we're talking about where if you don't want him to, uh, to do that, you can't carry the firewood. And the question is, is why not, right? If we're saying that the reason why you are allowed to light the fire, right, by the case of, uh, you know, car, so that is because that b'makom shvos, sorry, b'makom chola, there's no problem of shvos, mukta is also a problem of shvos. So if mukta is also a problem of shvos, why shouldn't it also be uh, knocked away in a case of kar? Why only specifically amir la'akam? And from here we see is that amir la'akam is considered to be somewhat more lenient than other shvos. Mukta, you know, not all the Rabbanans are created equal. And we see this in Shabbos, with regards to questions of carrying money on Shabbos, it comes up later by Misha Hichshech, but there are, there are differences in levels of severity of the Rabbanans, and Muktza is considered to be a more stringent Rabbanan than Amir La'akum. Okay? Why this is, is a different discussion. But we, don't, we, we see that here, that even though the notion of Hakal Cholim Eitzel Hakar is enough to allow you to ask a non-Jew, it does not suffice to allow you to violate Moksa, okay? So it's an important point, right? It's, a, it's not a carte blanche, right? You can't just say, I'm cold, you know, Shabbos is over. Now, Viloka Osan, Umnikal right? We see a similar, you know, line that we saw from the Magen Avram with regards to the Bala Itter, right? that you should not protest against people who do ask a non-Jew, even when they're not very, very cold. Because again, since it's a rabbinical prohibition, we prefer that they violate accidentally instead of on purpose, because we don't assume that people who do this are necessarily going to say, it's awesome. Oh, okay, we're going to stop, right? No, they're going to say that, you know, you come from a certain extremist school of thought, you graduated from the yeshiva of the Taliban, and therefore I, I don't necessarily believe in everything you have to say. And, you know, as is, right? So, so therefore, right, if, if you feel that it's likely they're not going to listen, you don't have to say it. As opposed to if it's a biblical prohibition, you do. She'ein hakar gadol, where it's not cold. Ya'akopanem shelo yomar lo b'shabes lehasek olasos hanadura. Ela yekabtso imo b'kablona she'yasek lo kol yemei achoref. Ve'at she'yehakar v'az. So he's saying in a situation where you don't have extreme cold, right? It's better that if you organize with the non-Jew, you pay him to come every Shabbos and he's paid to, to light your home, 
this follows into the discussion we had in the first SIF where you have the non-Jew who's hired to turn on a light for you. So even though that we said at the time that that is not allowed, you don't have to leave your home. If he does it, and therefore in such a case, if he lights it, even when it's not particularly cold outside, you're still going to be okay. Okay? Now, the issue is, is that we're talking about over here is a call cholum etel hakar. What is very relevant to us in Eastern Long Island, right, and anybody who lives on the humid East Coast or in Israel or other places, right, is that do we apply the same principle to chom, to heat? Do we say that I call cholum etel hakol, right? And the reality is, is that there's a distinction between heat and cold. People do not get as easily, so yes, there's heat stroke and all these other things, but you know, it could be, uh, you know, people do not necessarily get very sick or as easily sick from, from heat as they do from cold. So there's a discussion about whether or not you could apply the same principle to when you want to ask a non-Jew to turn on the air conditioner. Okay? Because do we say, Now with an air conditioner, there is an additional benefit. Because if you recall, I mentioned earlier that heat is almost always a biblical prohibition, right? If you have an electric heater, it could be not, but then if it has the coils that turn red, according to most post that's really considered to be fire because over there, there's the heat being generated in the coil, whatever, the color, there's all sorts of discussions. But um, the, the issue by, you know, but, but generally speaking, air conditioners, right, which run on, on uh, electricity, for the most part, the vast majority of post believe that it's only a, uh, uh, electricity is a rabbinic prohibition, it's not biblical. And therefore, that's a case of shvus de shvus, right? Which we mentioned earlier, if you recall, in the Magen Avram, right? I'll go back to it. Um, the Magen Avram said, right? Uh, where am I going? No, why is this not taking me back to where I was supposed to go? Oh, because I have up because up with a new window. That's why. Okay. So right, it says bedafka shvus de shvus shari, right? That b'mako mitzta'er, where you're uncomfortable, meaning. For shvos to shvos, you don't need to be a chola. You just need to be mitzdar. And mitzdar means that you prefer to be in a different place than this, right? Right, which is a similar hagdara, a similar gedar, which we see by sukkah, right? And if you are not comfortable in the sukkah, if you something which is not, not a place which you would usually tolerate if you can, that's the gedar of mitzdar. So mitzdar is also mutter shvos to shvos. Okay? <laughs> So many posts, including the Mechas Yitzchak and other people say that asking the non-Jew to turn on the air conditioner on Shabbos is a shvus to shvus because the air conditioning is only the Rabbanon because it's electricity and, um, and uh, asking the non-Jew is also the Rabbanon therefore it's a shvus to shvus the makom mitzta'er and it is permissible. So in the case where you're really hot that you just can't function well definitely if you have little kids definitely if they have to sleep right that is permissible to ask. Another situation which just comes up, how about you, you're, you're muted. Can I just add something because yeah. I just looked it up because, because this is a confusion. Um, heat actually kills more people than the cold in the United States. So it's actually the opposite. So, so maybe in the shtetl it was killing, the cold was killing, but in the United States in general, um, more people die during the summer during extreme heat um, than in the winter from cold. Okay, fine. I mean, so, it's, it's, climate it's a factor of three or four or something like that. Wow, okay, so that, so that would also partially be... partially a factor of the fact that everyone has heat and not everyone has access to, like there's 
public yeah. heating centers, but there aren't public, you know, air conditioned centers usually in a lot of places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. So, but that, so that's a good, that's a, that's a good question. But, you know, practically speaking, I'm saying that the bar is lower for heat than for cold because, I'm sorry, for air conditioning, because air conditioning is the Rabana. Now, in Eretz Yisrael, if you follow the opinion of the Chazanesh, we're going to close his ears, right, which we don't, um, the Chazanesh had a, had, a, had a very interesting opinion that electricity could be Doraisa because of Bona. It's hard to understand where he was coming from. But the point is, is that if you do follow that opinion, it does complicate matters. But in America, the consensus of the post came, and also in much of Eretz Yisrael, is that no electricity is their Abanan unless there is a burning coil, right? Or you have a halogen, not a halogen, an incandescent bulb, right? So that's where it makes That sense. is a burning coil. That is a burning coil, I'm saying. So that, that could be Doraisa. And what's also, I remember someone telling me, you know, it was a very interesting conversation, but there was an incandescent bulb. And when we're talking about having, you know, asking the non-Jew to turn it on, and I was saying you can't because it's, it's, it, it, because it's Chil Shabbos. And he said, okay, but you know, it's only the, it's only the Rabbanon, we want the light, because we, I forgot where we were in camp somewhere. And he said, yeah, it's only a Shavuz to Shavuz, it's a Shavuz to Shavuz, it's, 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 it's a Rabbanon, whatever, it's not a big deal, I can ask him. Then, Maitzah Shabbos, we didn't have matches. So he's like, oh, what's the big deal, or Chaim Meiser, we, we, we can make Havdalah on the used for Bore Maria H, the incandescent ball. I said, Mimanavshach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, either it's fire or it's not fire. Okay? This isn't some kind of, you know, physics fancy principle that things can exist. No. This is, it's either fire or not fire. Okay? Mimanavshach. You know? And if, you, if you're going to save Chaim Meiser, then it's fire. It's fire. You know? So, so you tried saying, no, there's two dinam in fire. No, there's no two dinam in fire. It's either fire or not fire. And Pashtas, the consensus of Postkin is, that a a a uh, a incandescent bulb is fire. Now, uh, with regards to this halakha, which ruining this halakha, so it's actually not about the physics, right? Because air conditioning, if you have a thousand two hundred watt air conditioner, it produces it it transports heat, right, from one side to the other. So, right, no, so, so the same thing as heating heating a a water. No, hundred no, percent. But but how the difference is that a heater, generally speaking, there's a fire that's turned on, right? At least in my furnace, right? There's a, a, a real fire that gets turned on, right? Uh, or, you know, or a boiler, boiling water. I mean, there's real malachos happening. As opposed to, you know, just an exchange of energy with you throw electricity, that's not an issue. I mean, it's, that, that's only drop on. Um, the, the, other, the other question is, with regards to this, I'm going to stop here because, because I'm getting halachic uh, descent over here. Um, <laughs> is that, is that um, which is very well, happens very often in the Agustin family, right? It's everyone's running around, they have Shabbos, it's almost Shkia, and then one of the kids forgets to shut the light off in their bedroom. Now we're going to talk about, you know, the holding of the baby up to the light switch, and, you know, the holding of, and of course at that point, the baby realizes that it doesn't want to have anything to do with light switches, and even though it's been shutting them off around the house for the past week, it refuses to touch a light switch on Shabbos because it found God. But the, 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 the issue, and we're going to talk about that, that's not so simple to do. But asking the non-Jew, if you have a non-Jew around, to shut off the lights so that the kids could sleep, if the kids can't sleep without, right, with the light on in the room, or if you can't sleep with the light on in your room, which, for example, I can't sleep. I can't sleep with the light on, right? If I have the patch and I have the this and I have the that, fine. But, but there are you know, I, I, you know, I only have the patch when I fly. I don't really even have it otherwise. The patch, I don't mean to kind of nicotine thing. I mean, 
uh, whatever, the I thing, right? But, but generally speaking, right, you are allowed to ask a non-Jew to, to shut the light off. Because if, unless it's an incandescent bulb. If it's an incandescent bulb, that's a problem. But if it's a fluorescent bulb or one of those things that we don't consider to be fire, which the vast majority of our life always in our house these days are, okay? So that's a case of shvus to shvus, the makam mitzvah, and that's something which should be okay. Now, if it's, a, if it's an incandescent bulb, that's much more problematic. And then you over there, you have to get involved in these questions. Are you going to be a chola or not? And that, of course, makes things much more, much more difficult. Okay? Can you train your animals to turn on the lights? Oh, so no. Animals and children are the same in regards <laughs> to this. And because it all has to do with shvisas benay and shvisas behemtai, right? That we, as we say on Shabbos, not only do you have to keep Shabbos, but your animals have to keep Shabbos as well, right? As we say in Kiddush, right? My, my cat belong, doesn't belong to me. I belong to her. <laughs> In that case, right, I don't know. That's a good question. We have to, you know, you know when, when animals own humans, that's their Shiloh to figure out. But can, can you put some food next to a light switch and get some stray cat to come in? I mean, like, I not mean, like Helmut's cat, but like, so, it belongs so, to nobody. So to ask, so, so, so the animal of somebody else could do melacha, right? So theoretically speaking, if you are able to do that, that you have this well-trained cat of your neighbors that you put food, it comes in, shuts the light, and man makes the beds, fine. But, but you know, good luck with that. I mean, it's going to end up happening that your house is going to get trashed from some stray cat that you let into your house thinking that you were smarter than everybody else. Now, I can't you know, train touring to get like, me the newspaper. Right, we're training toward the So these things are, are so we're, we're going to get to Shrita's Behemtai. It's an important question. But uh, for now, right, that, that, that's something which is important. So congratulations. We finished Simon 2, 276. Next week, we're going to start the highlights of Simon uh, 307, which are going to get more into the questions of asking and what things you've got to talk about and not talk about on Shabbos, which is directly related to questions of Amira La'akum. So thank you, everybody. It's been great. And um, have a good night, and uh, stay what? Well, stay safe out there.